What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. The Collector and the Dealer, Vintage, Modern, and Everything Else in Today's Sports Card World, Episode 2, New Releases Rock, and Other Things a Vintage Collector Never Thought He Would Say. I am Chuck Oliver. I am the Collector. Been doing that since 1976. I was a second grader, uh, pushing lawnmower all around the neighborhood so I could buy uh, my Topps cards. Uh, He is Joe Davis, started that same time as well as a collector, and now he is one of the biggest dealers uh, in honestly, in America, certainly in the state of Georgia and the Southeast. Joe, tell people uh, where they can find you uh, online and elsewhere. Yeah, great to be here with you, Chuck. This is uh, our website is gotbaseballcards.com. I say, you know, like got milk, but got baseball cards. And uh, our retail store, J&J Sports, is located in Loganville, Georgia. And I am a radio host in Atlanta as well. Joe and I, just by coincidence, have known each other, my gosh, 40-something years or so. Uh, and we are both passionate about the the hobby. Uh, he to the point that it's actually an industry for him. Uh, and, Joe, I, I am the, the collector here, and I collect strictly vintage. Um, if I have a card after 1980, I'm really not certain how I got it. Uh, I, I honestly can't tell you, but I know I've got a bunch of them. Um, when I say new releases rock, I can't tell you what sort of slow buildup that was for me because I never even look at new product. And when I started seeing the cool stuff Topps was doing with their heritage cards, um, the throwback Thursday six card set that I think just came out a couple of weeks ago, I got Vita Blue on a 1972 Topps basketball design card. Um, the relic cards that have been around for so long. Just just talk about some of the cool things that the different companies are doing with their new releases. Yeah, the modern card market is as strong as I've ever seen it. Um, yeah, I think part of it ties into, you know, who, who are people seeing on TV? Who are they following? Who are they following on Instagram? Then they want cards of that player. Um, but, but as far as designs, um, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, this, these innovations started in the 90s. And uh, they just keep, uh, you know, you've got die cut cards, you've got uh, holographic parallel cards, you've got, um, as you said, relic cards. I mean, and it, like in the higher end, some of the top releases, you'll see like a six color patch from a player's jersey, and then he signed it right below it. And I mean, it's unbelievable. Did I see, was it LeBron or Michael Jordan that I saw, I don't know, a month ago, three months ago, the 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 relic card where, they, where Joe's talking about, if you don't know, they'll take um, uh, Kawhi Leonard's jersey, chop it up into, you know, 5,000 pieces and put a little swath on a card. Um, but it was one that actually had the logo patch, the, the, the rectangular logo patch from the jersey 
that was the cut uh, on on the card. Do you recall that that card and coming out recently? You talking about well, there well there was you talking about the one that just sold. Re- there was a yeah, huge yeah. one as rookie year sold for like nine hundred ninety thousand. My gosh. Yeah, yeah, a modern card sold for almost a million dollars. And then also the Brady, um, was it the Brady season ticket card? Again, I don't. Joe knows all of this stuff. I don't. But his rookie year card that just set the modern football record, didn't it? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand contenders uh, autograph rookie. Yeah, and I don't even remember every every time I turn around, the number keeps getting higher because another one has sold. But absolutely, like a half million dollar modern football card. Um, I want to relay a, a. conversation I saw at the national about five years ago. Um, I'm just at a table looking at vintage and a guy about my age is standing next to me and he has a son. I don't know. A kid might be like 12 and I, Joe. So his dad is showing him like 62 tops. It was and explaining like the green variations and all that. And so the kid's not hearing a word of it. I li- he turns the car. He looks at the front, turns it over, looks back at the front, looks up at his father and says, quote, so you just hold it. And I was like, I can't tell you how many afternoons uh, on the weekend or during third grade when I'm not paying attention to Miss McCart. I can't tell you how often, yes, I just held the baseball card and read every word on front and back, whatever. Um, that ain't going to fly for a 12-year-old in 2020. So it's it, it's been necessary, and it really has brought back in that much younger crowd, hadn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we see – there for a while, it was. I was always saying, "Well, our customer base is my age and older," uh, but now we are seeing uh, younger and younger. Uh, you know, we're seeing um, we're seeing a huge influx of people like in their thirties coming back into the hobby. But but we we are seeing. I'd say over the last year, I have seen more kids in my store than I ever have in our thirty years. Okay, and I want to ask you about something that I also saw. I was at a, a one-day show that um, there's a big one-day show twice a year in Nashville, and I went up about six weeks ago. And um, make sure I understand this. Like Donruss to Panini is like General Motors and Buick. It's like an offshoot, right? Yeah, Donruss is a brand of Panini. I always, use, I always tell people when they try to ask me questions, like they're like, well, but the Bowman Company, I'm like, no, Bowman is a brand of tops. I'm like, you know how Coke owns Sprite? Yes. And they're like, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so like yeah, GM puts out yeah. Buicks and GMCs and all that other stuff. Um, I was at this show, and I don't know what box it was. It was either Donner's or Panini, but it has Zion in it. And I saw a guy. He didn't even ask the price. He's like, I want them all. And he bought like five boxes of these. And I mean, he got out a stack of $100 bills. Looks like it would choke a horse. Do you, could you guess what, what release I'm talking about? And this is a guy that was, I don't know, mid-30s or so? It was unru- I've never seen anything like that, especially at a show with so much vintage material. Right. Um, it could be any of a number of releases by Panini this year because the, the rookie crop is so strong this year. Um, and there are so many semi you know in the minds of the collector so many limited releases and uh some of them may not be that limited but they sell out so quickly that the price has shot up i mean the prism basketball as a for instance which is supposed to be like a original srp on that's 120 a box and right now they're trading um i think in the eight eight to nine hundred dollar range and this is a, a product you know released this year um you know forthcoming there is national treasures basketball which we're currently pre-selling for over four thousand dollars a box, and that's a brand new release. 
And, you know, you and I were talking a little bit off air, um, and you said that you personally are more jazzed by the basketball releases right now, and it's driving product. I mean, you've told me before, you'll see a kid come in, give me the box, and they'll rip 24 or 36 packs on your counter. Um, and you say, yep, Chuck, I'm hot for the basketball as well. I mean, you gotta, you got to credit the manufacturers. They've really found a great way to, to, to market basketball cards. Right. I mean, as a kid, you know, I played, I played basketball and I played intramurals in college and just, it's, it's always been my passion as a sport. And, and, uh, I just, I love the person in the, in the, you know, the NBA, you get to know their personality so well, they're so out there and, uh, the, the demand both for current and, uh, and legends. I mean, we, just in this past week, we have sold a huge run of, uh, we've had a huge run on Jordan cards. And uh, I know ESPN's got the uh, documentary coming out on the 97, 98 Bulls. And so we've actually seen a huge uptick in, uh, uptick in sales on Pippen and Rodman as well. So, All right. Uh, we're going to take a break on the collector and the dealer when we come back. Chuck's theory on working the tables. What in the world are you talking about, Chuck? Well, come back and you will know. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. The Collector and the Dealer, Vintage, Modern, and everything else in today's sports card world. This is Episode 2, New Releases Rock, and and other things a vintage collector never thought he would say. I am Chuck Oliver. I am the collector. He's Joe Davis. He is the dealer. Uh, Joe, I have a theory. It's my theory on, quote, working the tables. Uh, You know me and what I collect, strictly vintage, and I don't know if this is good or not, but I wind up with some really, really nice sets. Um... I am either patient or stubborn. I've got a lit jeweler's loop, um, and I take my time, like literally years, putting together a set. And when I get done, I don't have to go back and upgrade literally a single card in there. Um, My theory on working the tables is every card, except for like a mantle white letters or the Maris blank back Yankees card. I'm not talking about, no, the Pancho Herrera error. Every card is out there, raw ungraded in condition enough even for my ocd sets um which is not easy for a card um joe i really am convinced there are still dealers out there selling raw ungraded vintage and if you are patient enough and look long enough you can get the card you want in the grade you want ungraded yeah you're right and and you see that at big shows like the nashville show and the and the national and and you know, I'm amazed. I mean, I mean, I look at it from the business side of it, and I and I see a dealer with a whole table full of raw vintage, and and especially if it's high grade. And I think to myself, why in the world haven't you graded some of this stuff? You know, because my mindset's always when a vintage collection comes in, my first thought is which ones of these do we need to grade 
to increase profitability. But there are still plenty out there like, well, no, I just don't do the grading thing. You know, more power to them if, if that works for their business model. Um, but there, there is stuff out there, especially like at the National. Yes, there, there are treasure troves of, of, uh, of vintage cards out there to purchase. And yeah, actually, I, both of us know this gentleman's a very well-known dealer, I'll just say, from the Midwest. And he refuses to have any of his cards graded. I have seen one of the card companies approach him specifically at the National and say, We'll make you a preferred vendor if you want to submit this stuff. Um, and he's like, no, I just don't want to do it. Um, and, and I appreciate that because I don't send them in to get grades. It's just a personal preference of mine. And so th- I have been able to put together right now, Joe, I bet I'm 100 cards shy of completing a run from 65 to 72, um, all ungraded, and I really don't purchase them. So. Uh, if you're patient and willing to work the tables, and, and I, I really think that except for the rare cards, um, they're out there. I do want to ask you about, um, you know, one thing you said is I, I see sets come in and and you're wondering some of these cards need to be graded. I had recently for sort of a fundraiser for some coworkers who lost their income. I've been putting cards on eBay and I've got a 71 Phil Negro. I just picked a random card and I bet you I paid 12 to 15 dollars for it. And until I scanned it and put it online, I had never looked at it that large. And I was like, this is pretty nice. It sold for $347. Now, you go ahead and tell me, the person who paid $347, what's he or she thinking? I mean, we're, honest to God, where does that card wind up in, as soon as they can get it shipped off? Yeah, that ends up in a PSA holder as soon as they can get it in one. Uh, honestly, I'm shocked by that one. I mean, I, you know, we'll, we'll occasionally see a raw card sell for three or four times book. But but wow, that's that's huge. It, it's got to be for go look at the scan online. It's still up there. You can check, you know, completed auction. I'm Kang's cards, K-A-N-G-S, Kang's cards on eBay. Um, and it's a 71. So, you know, the built in, you know, problem. You look at the borders and they crack. Um, and it's just one of the, I never intended to sell any of my cards. Um, but now for this fundraiser, I started doing that. And it's been shocking. I got a 65 Juan Marichal up there that went for two hundred and sixty eight dollars. And I probably paid 20 or 25 for it. Um, when people, there are folks that I have learned, because I've only been doing this a couple of weeks, Joe. I, I absolutely, there are people who bird dog eBay or other auction sites just waiting for a card they can speculate on. That is another part of the hobby, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you just got me excited because we just bought a, a nice run of 71 high numbers. So it's like, Time, time to start scanning, apparently. Hold it. Do you have a Boog Powell? Because the Boog Powell Center does not exist. I, I, I have, honest, I had need three cards to complete my 71 set, and the Boog Powell is one of them. So I'll have, I'll have to check. So uh, uh, yeah, we bought about 1,000 high numbers, so I'll have to check those out and see. All right. Uh, we wrap up every episode with Joe's buying a box. That's the first episode. Joe, uh, this coming weekend, if you were going to buy a box, any. 20 bucks to to a thousand dollars um and you just want to sit around and and rip a box eight packs 24 36 whatever uh what are you buying this weekend uh this one's probably over a thousand but if i had it in my budget i would love to go back and buy a 77 tops baseball box that was my i I, I collected a little bit in 76 i know we both kind of started that year yeah but i was i was very serious in 77 and I would love to go back and just buy a box, open it, relive those memories. Uh, it's still one of my all-time favorite sets, just because I had so many memories of it as a kid. 
Okay, I'll tell you another one. Because I've been randomly just picking cards I thought would get some interest on eBay. I put a 77 Carlton Fisk up. And, I mean, honestly, what is that? Like an eight, ten dollars card maybe? Yeah, at most. It hasn't ended yet, and it's at $69. Um, And the reason is, even for a $6 card, Joe, I'll sit at a a table, and I'm like, if I see one that's close to it and it's only 4 I was like, I'm not going to, quote, ruin my set for $4. I was like, I'll be patient and find one that's, you know, 6 or 8 um, you know what? I'm going to change gears. I was going to talk 52 through 55 Redman, but my my uh, Chuck's vintage set of the week, that's my end of the uh, episode each time, uh, my vintage set of the week, I'm actually going to say 76 tops. There is not a good rookie crop there. It's Eckersley. Who uh, is Gidry? Gidry's in there. But it, it, it was my introduction to a couple of things. First of all, buying baseball cards. But secondly, Joe, I don't know if you, I mean, well, I'm sure you do. Um, there were two different packs in 76. One had seven cards in a stick of gum. One had 10 cards in a stick of gum. Um, there was no marking on the packs, only the box. And so what I realized was happening about halfway through the summer was the guy at the magic market where I would buy my cards, my packs, when one box was almost empty, he would just grab the, re- less, the, the the last remaining ones and put it in an almost new box. And so I would get home and have no idea if I had seven cards or ten cards or whatever. And when you're a second grader working out that math, do I get the rack pack? Do I get the cellos? Where's the best math? Uh, the 76 set was my introduction to it. And it was also my introduction to corporate chicanery uh, because he always charged me 15 cents, whether it was the seven-card pack or the ten-card pack. Um, you've got a ton of Hall of Famers. You've got a Brett second-year card, which is impossible to get centered. You have Hank Aaron's final regular issue, a slew of uh, Mike Schmitz in there, um, so, Steve, Steve Garvey and Carlton Fisk, and, and just so many of the stars that emerged in the early 70s. Johnny Bench is still there. Uh, 76 tops, my first set that I sort of got into. And then, as Joe said, in 77, I was off and flying. All right, that's going to wrap up. The Collector and the Dealer, Episode 2. Join us next week when Episode 3 drops. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.